Hello, welcome to Wisdom for Your Walk. Bill Lytell, Senior Pastor of Gospel Baptist Church. Uh, I would like to speak to you about a subject of obedience uh, for just a minute or two. Much, much has been said about obedience as a born-again Christian. Uh, we have a song, we are favor, one of our favorite songs, Trust and Obey, There's No Other Way to Be Happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey, and I agree with that, man. I mean, really a whole lot of being happy in God is not being rebellious, but being submissive to the will of God, because the will of God is the best will. It makes sense, logically, if God knows everything, and He's all-wise, and He has a will for you, it would be the best will. So once you get born again, that's His will. It's not His will that any should perish, but all should come in repentance. I believe that's First Peter 3, 9. And, uh, you know, once people get born from above, that's His will. Then it's His will that you follow Him and and uh, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said, you're a friend of mine if you do whatsoever I command unto you in the book of John. So he tells you straight up and down, uh, and, and it's just logical. It's just logical. If he knows everything, and he is, he's all wisdom, and the Bible says he is, then his will is the best will. I hate to say it, but our little feeble little mind with a few years' experience uh, does not out-negotiate and out-class uh, God's infinite, all-knowing a concept and understanding of the world. So I just, as a child is, I just say, hey, look, your will is better than my will. The verse that sticks out to me is Luke chapter 6, verse 47. Um, actually, verse 46, excuse me. And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Let me say it again. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Illustration of that is when my son and I, uh, I only had one child, the boy, and I, I determined to schedule him into my world. I determined to literally make two days, two Saturdays a month, a uh, family day or a day that I would take him and my wife, Lord willing, to do something, but specifically him, that I would spend time with him in the evenings doing devotions, family, some out of the Bible every night. Uh, talk about God and etc. and include him in the spiritual walk that I was walking. And so one of those important lessons I wanted to teach him was obedience, absolute obedience. In other words, if I tell you and I say something, Troy, do what I tell you to do. Question it later, uh, ask me later, but at the moment, do exactly what I tell you to do. Your life could depend on it. If you sit there and negotiate, question, and we do this to God all the time, uh, the opportunity goes by or the danger takes us over and we, we get punished for it. My son and I did a lot of hunting together in Florida. And in Florida, there's what they call the diamondback rattlesnake. Now they get I've seen them as big as six feet long. Oh, my, about eight, nine, ten inches in circumference on the middle of the belly area. The head, the fangs being over an inch long. And and Troy was probably about six, oh, he's probably about seven or eight, I guess. Uh, I hunted with him, had him usually walk behind me. I would forge ahead. A lot of the brush and, and the palmettos and various places we went, uh, we would be hunting for quail, sometimes some dove, uh, maybe even other other things. But when we were walking, I'd have him, I'd say he was, it was important for him as seven, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, even up through 10, that he stay right behind me, pretty much 
maybe two feet, two and a half feet behind me, and then you're not wandering around. I'm, I have a gun, and I'm looking for things to run out, and I, I want to know where he's at if I'm going to shoot. You're never shooting if you don't know what you're shooting at, a clearly identified, and if there's any question, you don't shoot. So here I am. I'm hunting, and he and I are hunting together. And I, we had gone over this little rehearsal. If I tell you to stop, son, you immediately freeze. If I tell you to go, you immediately go. If I tell you to run, you immediately run. And so I go all over this with him. So one day we're going, and we had done this, you know, we'd many, many times hunted in the woods together. And so I'm walking along, and I go by, and I hear his voice in a tone that I had never heard it before. Dad, I, just the way he said it, I knew something was serious because I'd never heard him say it that way with that tone. I immediately froze, looked back, and he was, he was frozen in his position like I taught him. And right beside him was curled up in a strike position about a four-foot diamond back rattlesnake. And I thought to myself, oh, man. Oh, man. Because the snake was within, oh, less than a foot from his leg. He That, that snake probably had a two-foot strike range. So he was well within the strike range of this diamond back rattlesnake. Probably had three-quarter inch fangs. Here he got a seven, eight-year-old would have gone all the way to the bone very well. As far as we were from the emergency room, he may never have made it. And so uh, this all that kind of runs through your mind, zip, you know. And so I said, Troy, do exactly what I tell you to do. Very slowly move your front leg behind your other leg and then move very slowly with no jerk and move your leg back behind your other numbers basically walk backwards very like slow motion the boy uh did exactly what i told him to do he moved his one leg real slowly back and then the other leg back and the snake just stood there you know he was in a strike position head up curled up to and you know the the uh he was he had his rattlers going and i just was waiting to see what was going to happen and because troy moved if I may say it this way, we know God helped us, right? I mean, I give him all the glory. But we did what we knew to do because he obeyed me and did exactly what I asked him to do. Uh, he was able to not alarm that snake, and so that snake did not strike. As soon as we got past the snake a little bit, we got out of there. And so the lesson is Troy did exactly what I told him to do, and it helped him likely saved his life or from injury how many times how many times does god see a danger ahead of you beside you around you and he knows it's there but you don't know it's there and he says i want you to do this i want you to do that uh, first of all the safest place in the world is at church when services are being held uh, you uh, for sure if you're at church when services are being held you won't go out and get in an automobile accident or get drunk or do something stupid, something immoral, if you're at church. So that's a lot of part of the rest Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and other meetings, special meetings, missionary revival meetings, and various things. If you're just at church when they open up, it's going to be a good place for you. That's God's will that we meet together. The Bible says that not forsaking yourself, assembling together as a manner of some is. Don't do it. 
Why? Because it's good for us to be together. It's good for us to hear the Word of God. It's a meal being served up by God's man for God's people. It will build you up. You may not remember every sermon. Let me say this about sermon memory. Uh, in a whole year, you may only remember one, two, maybe three sermons uh, off the top of your head. But that doesn't mean you didn't eat. It's just like when your mama cooked you. She cooked you 52 weeks a year, every day, and you probably could only name five, six, seven, eight meals. Maybe she cooked all year long out of those 150-plus meals. Why? Well, doesn't mean you didn't eat them. Doesn't mean they didn't help you. Doesn't mean they didn't nourish you. They nourished you. They helped you. But you couldn't remember a thing about them. Uh, the old commonplace meals that you ate and it was nothing real super special still gave you energy, still helped your body grow, and you still prospered from it. That's the Word of God preaching. You go to an old boy that's sawing off the logs of the Word of God, and he's just out there doing what's right, and he's preaching down through the book, and he's preaching the truth of the Bible, and illustrating it the best he knows how. You're going to walk away from every one of those services with something positive, something real, something uh, eternal. You will not leave void. Now, you may not be able to sit there and, Bill, I got this much. I Once in a while, if you do that, Mama fixes some old fried chicken with that old thin skin just right. The mashed potatoes and gravy and hot butter melted over them. Ooh, my, sometimes you get one of those sermons. You go, wow, that was a good sermon. Yeah, well, if you weren't there on a steady basis, you may have missed that one. And I can't tell you as a preacher now for over 45 years how many people miss those because they're not faithful on a regular basis. They're hit and miss. Don't you be a hit and miss. Obey God's word. And it's not just about church attendance, but I mean as the word of God comes to you and the Holy Spirit comes to you, obey him even when you don't understand. He wants you to be a bus captain, be one. He wants you to be a Sunday school teacher, be one. He wants you to witness your neighbors, be do it. If he wants you to memorize scripture, memorize it. He wants you to read the Bible, read the Bible. And you will, in the end of it all, be glad you did. This is Wisdom for Your Walk, Bill Lytell.